So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Pando IQ's programmatic recruitment advertising platform helps employers source talent faster and more efficiently than ever, thanks to predictive algorithms, machine learning, and AI. Buzzword overdose alert. Yeah, Pando is on the cutting edge of programmatic while being deeply rooted in the recruitment industry. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end programmatic job advertising platform that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending to maximize the ROI on your recruitment spend. And their AI-enabled algorithms use over 48 job attributes and more than 200 billion historical job performance data points to predict the optimal job advertising campaign. The machine does all that shit. That shit sounds expensive. Think again, Cheeseman. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end job advertising solution that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending. Sold. How do I get started? Go to pandologic.com to request a demo and tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. Ooh, they have a chat bot too that we can talk to. Oh, kill me now. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. A trigger finger is itchy. Welcome to Firing Squad, everybody. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by Chad Esquire. So watch. In my belly. That's right. And today we welcome bright hire to the show and teddy chestnut he's taking a break from his world tour (laughs) teddy welcome to uh firing squad i hope you know what you've gotten yourself into thanks for having me uh yeah let's see where this goes after all those (laughs) after all those platinum albums on the country circuit man and you're doing this i got to give you a big applause do you you even like country music teddy i mean in new york i assume that where you're in new york right yeah right outside new york not a big country fan, so we're like totally being assholes at this point. <laughs> I don't dislike country music. I just can't say that. <laughs> so his answer is yes. You're you're being assholes. Don't be rude. <laughs> so Teddy, Teddy, give us a little bit about you. Give us a Twitter bio, and then we'll get into the company stuff. Uh, co-founder of Bright Hire, six and a half years at LinkedIn. Before that, 
started my career doing HR research uh, as part of the Corporate Leadership Council, CEB, which became Gartner. Uh, and I'm the son of two 30-year HR professionals. My dad met my mom as a recruiter. So some people fall into recruiting and TA and HR tech. I was born into this space. I'm sorry, you were an HR what? Research analyst. Oh my God. How did you not slit your wrists? <laughs> a lot of opioids? Like how? <laughs> well, anyway, anyway. Chad, tell him what he's won. All right, Teddy. You have two minutes to pitch Bright Hire. At the end of those two minutes, you will hear that bell. Then Joel and I will hit you with rapid fire Q&A. If your answers start rambling or just get boring, Joel's going to hit you with those crickets. And that is your signal to move along and tighten up your game. At the end of Q&A, you will receive either big applause. That means you'll be the first in line to get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> Don't be rude. A golf clap. There it is. Ah, it's okay, but you're going to be in line with the rest of us. Or go back to HR analysis. That's right. That's what that you're going to be. Steady. You're going to. You're not going to be maskless for a while or traveling, <laughs> but you'll have plenty of time to find another whiteboard because you're, you're going to need it to build something different. <laughs> That's firing squad, my friend. Are you ready? Here we go. In three. At its heart, hiring is human. Every hiring decision is driven by what we are doing right now, talking to each other. It's a series of conversations. Uh, And because hiring is human, it's also inconsistent. It's inefficient. Uh, And there's a tremendous amount of space for subjectivity, room for bias. I co-founded Bright Hire because I saw an opportunity to transform the heart of the hiring process uh, and specifically to build a new kind of interview platform that could drive better, faster, and more inclusive hiring decisions. Now, Bright Hire does that first by raising the quality of interviews in real time. So when a recruiter or an interviewer uses Bright Hire, they have an interview assistant riding along with them as a heads-up display to guide that conversation. And as that conversation unfolds, it's recorded, transcribed, and annotated, you know, producing real evidence to support more rigorous and fair hiring decisions. So you know, instead of relying on you know, shorthand or scribble notes or nothing but our best recollection, to fill out a scorecard and make a decision, you can quickly pull up candidate highlights to recall key details and make a decision based on that candidate's merits, not your memory. Uh, And then you can share those highlights across the hiring team to make a seamless handoff or calibrate based on real substance or check each other's biases. And for the first time, teams can actually effectively all be in the same room together for every interview. So we can actually work together to make better, less biased hiring decisions. You know, every other team, design, product, engineering, sales, has had a collaboration platform built specifically for them. You know, now, finally, hiring teams have one too. And then finally, we give people leaders transformational insight to improve their hiring outcomes, so to enable their teams to predictably replicate success. So whether that's through search or analytics or alerts, we're also enabling teams to hold up a mirror to their own hiring practice and see how it's done and make data-driven improvements to ensure they're running a consistent, quality, and fair hiring practice. And one last thought. Our first value as a company is candidates first. And a big part of our mission is to give candidates a hiring experience that they deserve by reducing bias and instilling good practices where it matters most in every interview and hiring decision. And they can find out more at brighthire.ai. 
Which leads me to my first question, because I always ask this question. So obviously, uh, I have to go to brighthire.com whenever there's a not.com on our show. And it looks like it's a parked domain, like it could be gotten. Uh, did you guys try to get brighthire.com? Is it, is it something you're not, you don't care about because you're an AI company and .ai is what you want to do? Like, Talk about how that happened. Uh, I never really thought about getting brighthire.com. Uh, we've been reached out to by a couple. Uh, <laughs> we really didn't. No, we've been, we've been reached out to by a couple of vendors that said, hey, we've got this park and you can grab it and it's going to cost, you know, an arm and a leg. And we're a seed stage startup. So, like, I'm not going to spend my money on that. Like, and who's going to go to that website? You know, uh, anyway, like we're driving folks to, to our press coverage and to our app. So, yeah, eventually I'm sure we'll grab it. But. Uh, it's not a top priority. Help me visualize using the product. Because when I first sort of read about it, I thought, oh, this is like Honit. And I thought, well, maybe it's more like a Vervo video thing. Try to help me visualize a recruiter using this. Are they in their ATS? Are they in Bright Hire? Um, how would they typically use the product? So if I'm a recruiter, I'm running a phone screen. I might be in my ATS looking at a candidate's profile with one click on clicking to call that candidate using bright hire. I might also just be in my calendar using a Chrome extension, click call when there's a phone number in the invite, or I've got a web app on my phone, putting in a number just like I would put it into my phone app and dialing directly. And before that conversation, we put some structure, right? You might've done an intake meeting with a hiring manager and said, okay, what are the things that we need to cover in this conversation as we're screening this candidate? You might have the basic things around work experience and visa status and comp and salary, but maybe a couple high signal questions that you want to make sure that you're covering. And so those questions load for you right in the conversation, in the interview assistant. Does Bright Hire prepare questions based on the the job or does the, the, the recruiter prepare them beforehand and have them handy? Yeah. Who builds the structure? Right now we're, we're working with clients. They're building their own structure. A lot of them have it already. They've already built it into you know, Greenhouse or Lever or their ATS or some microsite somewhere. And so working with them to build that into Bright Hire, or we're syncing directly to those systems and pulling it in on the fly. Uh, over time, though, I think there's a really interesting opportunity for us to be building guidance based on collective intelligence. Like, what are other folks doing or what's actually working for you over time? So you, you call through your, your computer, essentially. You have a dashboard with like, oh, here's who I'm calling. The voice comes on. You're talking. It's transcribing the conversation. There's interview help where you're asking questions. You're, you're making notes, I assume, as you're mm -hmm. talking to someone. Have I got it right? Yeah, you're leaving freehand notes. You can leave reactions like a thumbs up or a star or a flag and every single one of those gotcha. is timestamped to the conversation. Okay. The website, and, and I love the whole rigorous, fast, and fair. And that's what hiring should be. The problem is you're building structure around old shit. I mean, all of those companies who have their quote unquote interview process already lined out is probably old, antiquated, and just slow. How can you make them more rigorous, fast, and fair if all you're doing is adopting the structure they've already had? Well, first of all, a lot of companies may have, if you mean adopted, maybe you meant built a microsite or a website or a set of interview plans. Whether they actually get used is another question altogether. Mm, right? yeah. If I'm an interviewer, I'm back to back to back. I'm jumping into the next meeting candidates on the Zoom. I'm pulling up their resume in real time. And I'm now like, well, uh, tell me about your background. Right. And I'm winging it. Okay. Gartner did a really interesting study actually last year that showed that one of the biggest drivers of extended time to fill 
is hiring manager indecision. It's not like it takes a long time to schedule or screening resumes. It's we push the candidates through the process and then we can't make up our minds. And we, and we get to that point because we haven't actually assessed people on the things that matter for the role because we haven't actually used structure or consistency or rigor in how we assess. It's all about by bringing that directly into the moment and being able to see whether we've actually followed the script. Like, have we asked the questions that we intended to? If we missed a couple, can we pass it on to the next person to make sure that they cover those questions? We can ensure that as somebody goes through a hiring loop, we're actually covering what we need to, to be able to be you know, confident in that decision at the end. Okay. So what you're saying is really what we've seen as quote unquote standardized has not been standardized. And this is a way to really mandate a standardized way of, of hiring. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Mandate might not be the right word. It's probably what's needed, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there could be a world where you say, okay, for this role, this is exactly how we're going to assess every single time. But we know that, you know, companies open up new roles that they haven't hired for before, or they're open to candidates from different profiles. And so just being able to build structure so that everybody on the hiring team is aligned on what we are actually looking for and has that to follow in the moment, you know, going from zero to something uh, can make a huge difference with respect to the quality of that assessment, the fairness of that assessment, and ultimately how fast we can move folks through the process because we're, we're confident that we've covered the right things. Gotcha. Okay. So Joel did, uh, he was talking about some of the competitors out there, HireVue, Vervo, Honet, Zorb, transcriptions all over the place, uh, process all over the place, standardizations pretty much all over the place. What makes you guys different? I think the biggest differentiation is collaboration. So BrightHire is unlike a HireVue, not built as an independent platform that sits that you know everybody's got to log into and and go into and sit separate from the the platforms and the tools that a hiring team would use every single day email zoom slack to actually communicate uh, and so we've built bright hire from the ground up organized around collaboration the idea that you could at mention somebody in the middle of a hiring conversation and pull them into that conversation you know 10 minutes after it's done so that they can get their same eyes on the highlights and then leave comments and collaborate back and forth on a candidate. Being in, like, native in the workflow and facilitating that collaboration is truly what differentiates BrightHire from some of, the, some of those other platforms. So you're working with really asynchronous collaboration, which is almost like the Slack, I guess, for the hiring process. Is that think about think about you know designers and Figma or you know whiteboarding and Miro, like every single remote team, engineers in GitHub, uh -huh. they, have, they have a platform that they can access where they all get access to the same thing. We're looking at the same digital whiteboard. We're looking at the same design. We're looking at the same set of code. That doesn't exist for hiring. When we have an interview loop and there's four interviewers, I have my half hour, you have yours, you know, somebody else has got hers. And then we come to the table and we're recounting what happened across those three, four conversations based on recollection and judgment. Now we can actually all get access to the same evidence and truly collaborate. When I asked you about uh, the dot com, you played a really nice sob story about how you have no money, but you did get three million dollars. <laughs> you did get three million in seed funding funding in September. So we know that that money isn't going towards the dot com. What is that money going toward? Building the team, building the product, primarily. So we're a team of yeah. nine. We're a team of nine today. We raised the seed back in uh, in July of last year. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been it's been you know building a, a world class product from the ground up. Gotcha. So, uh, Chad mentioned the competitors as 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 I did as well. Some of that has to go toward marketing, right? Like you guys have to be able to get your message out and, and your differentiators. So, how are you guys marketing? 
the product and getting new clients, and particularly uh, in in a in a world of COVID and work from home, how has that been either a challenge or a benefit for you guys? Our we actually just posted literally today ahead of growth roll. It's our first marketing hire. Up to this point, it's been outbound through deep connections that we have in the TA space uh, and through earned media. Uh, so Adam Grant came on as an advisor, and then that got picked up by Quartz and Inc. That you know, right now with COVID and also with the broader conversation around social justice in in the world and the workplace and in hiring, those two themes were you know very relevant to what we're building, uh, and so we got some great coverage uh, about that, which has uh, turned into a lot of really interesting inbound. I'm glad you you mentioned posting a job, and I was it was sort of struck me as curious that your job posting solution is essentially AngelList, which is a startup sort of funding information site. Why did you choose AngelList to be sort of your ATS or your job posting platform as opposed to like an industry applicant tracking system or even like a LinkedIn? Uh, when you're building a team that's starting at you know two and then hiring the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, eighth hires, you, uh-huh. need to be, you need to be advertising in places where people uh, are looking for that kind of an experience, right? Building from the ground up. Like, you know, building the ship while while you're sailing it. And Angelus is one of the places that attracts that profile. Uh, and so it helps us, you know, screen for that interest uh, and motivation from the start. Now, it's not always, you know, nail on the head, but we've seen success there. So for clients, uh, do you integrate with programmatic players like the Jovios and Pandalogics of the world and then also the Broadbeans and some of the some of the kind of like dumb distribution players? How does that work and how do they feed back into your system? Yeah, our main points of integration are applicant tracking systems. Well, like you don't want to be doing dual entry. That's your system of record. It's your source of truth. Uh, and so we're pulling information out of those applicant tracking systems with respect to, you know, who are we interviewing? What role is it for? And it, a company has built structure into those systems. We can pull that into Bright Hire on the fly. And then, of course, right back to those systems, right? What, the notes, the, a link to the conversation, et cetera. Uh, and then the other, the other main point of integration is video platforms, right? Zoom, Teams, et cetera, so that we can capture those conversations. But we're, we're picking up at the first recruiter phone screen and going through to the offer conversation. So uh, sourcing platform, a job distribution platform, those aren't really platforms that uh, require API integration for us to be you know, in the in the work. Right. But for the applicant tracking systems, you're you're using a bi-direction, bi-directional API. Correct. Okay. So what applicant tracking systems and or CRMs are you currently integrated with? So we're currently integrated with uh, Greenhouse. We are building into Lever next. Uh, and then we're going to tackle the enterprise ATS. It's kind of as they come. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI to programmatic advertising. Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster.ai empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively 
by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. Curious about um, what's next for you guys um, in regards to either raising more money, um, new technology or new features that you're going to be adding in the future, um, and particularly how the work from home sort of phenomenon is impacting how you guys are building new products and features. We didn't really touch on any of the analytics side yet, and that's probably where I'm most excited about from a roadmap perspective. To be able to say, for example, this interview is supposed to cover these eight topics, competencies, questions, you know, skills, experiences. Uh, and we know reliably that we covered six of the eight or we only covered two of the eight. And we can start to look at that systematically over how we actually run a hiring practice to be able to actually not just design structure and rigor into it, but to measure it. And then to be able to measure that not only based on you know, the role or the interviewer or the team, but to turn the tables as we do API integrations with applicant tracking systems and look at that from a candidate demographic perspective. When we're interviewing men versus women, are we asking different questions? Do we have different levels of rigor? Like, do we set up those conversations in different ways? Do we run them in different ways? That's a really fascinating roadmap for us that requires investments in NLP and a little bit of machine learning uh, and, on, and on the data side. And so from an investment perspective, like we'll be growing the engineering team uh, you know, over the next couple quarters to be able to realize that vision, uh, which will be super exciting. So I didn't hear in that, in that answer uh, diversity inclusion. And it's it seems to be a really focal point for the business. It's actually one of the main navigation uh, links in your on your site. I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding exactly what about the product makes it so uh, inclusive for candidates. Can you can you help me help me grasp that better? Sure. Most solutions today with respect to DNI are either looking at your funnel to understand where conversion rates are lower than they are for uh, you know fully representing candidates versus underrepresented candidates, or tweaking things at the top of the funnel, uh, like where we source or blinding resumes to to try to open up doors to folks to at least get into the hiring process that would not have made it into it otherwise. Once you step into that hiring process, if you really are trying to run an equitable, inclusive hiring practice, you need to ensure that you treat people consistently and the same every single time, right? We ask the same questions of the same, uh, you know, every, of every candidate, that we use actual evidence to assess folks, so that we're assessing them based on their merits, not based on our judgment and bias and memory. And ideally, we can triangulate perspectives across a team. It's the same reason that teams build diverse interview panels, right? Because we know that I might see something in a candidate that another interviewer might not. And so it's really important for us to get our multiple eyes on them. We can facilitate that now for every conversation asynchronously to ensure that hiring teams can mitigate each other's biases. So there's no magic bullet solution to building an inclusive hiring practice, but by putting structure, evidence, and and then insight, right? Are we treating male candidates differently than female candidates systematically without being able to see it otherwise? Are we treating white, black, and Latina candidates differently without being able to see it otherwise? Those are elements of how we can ultimately help a hiring team run a more fair and consistent hiring process. But it's it's still primarily people interviewing people yeah. and then you're just you're just the technology in between that so there's no just so i'm clear there's no scoring system based on skills that says hey this candidate's a, a you know a 97 this one's a 96 and there's no basis upon race or where they went to school or name or anything like that it's still people talking to people right it is i don't have a, okay. a tremendous i don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in a machine's ability to assess a candidate i don't and so 
I have a much more, you know, I'm much more confidence in analysis being able to show patterns of behavior that may lead to systematically unfair outcomes and shining a light on that and saying to a talent acquisition leader or a sales leader or an engineering leader, hey, this is this warrants your attention, right? How you're assessing candidates needs to change in order for you for you to actually deliver uh, a systematically more fair experience to them across the board. Okay. I want to touch on uh, some of your core values that you have on the site. And I just want you to sort of elaborate on, you have put candidates first and you have invest in, invest in our people. Can you just briefly talk about those two and how you put candidates first and two, how are you investing in your in your people? But putting candidates first is about making product decisions and go-to-market decisions that uh, first and foremost have the candidate in mind. Uh, so I think like disclosure is a great example of that. Uh, there's no instance where a candidate comes into bright hire and isn't given a heads up that they're being recorded, right? We work with our clients to give a heads up to candidates in the email that would go out to them to schedule that conversation in the, in the phone or the video interview that they jump into. Uh, and if they didn't feel comfortable proceeding being recorded, an interviewer or recruiter always has the opportunity to cancel the recording, to turn it off or to go off the record. In that way, we want to ensure that Every single candidate feels comfortable going through an interview that's being hosted on Bright Hire, uh, whether or not they feel comfortable re- being recorded. And on the back end, being able to bring that evidence into a hiring decision, ultimately, I feel really strongly is in every candidate's best interest, because now they can be very confident that they're going to be evaluated, not based on what that interviewer happened to remember or the impression that they developed based on, you know, maybe they had that interview before they had their coffee in the morning, right? And now they can revisit it. We look at it, check that first impression, and ultimately assess that candidate based on their merits. Uh, and so that's how we think about putting candidates first, is making every decision from a product or go-to-market perspective that puts the candidate's interest in mind first and foremost. Uh, in terms of investing in people, uh, it's about allowing people to grow into roles, uh, giving them the trust and the freedom and the, the flexibility to do things they haven't done before. Uh, which is also really important for us as a business, right? As a seed stage startup, you're growing and building from the ground up. Everybody's got to do stuff that they've never done before. Uh, and so giving folks the, the trust, the confidence, the leeway to stretch into those roles is super important. All right. Now get get away from the fluffy cheeseman stuff. Let's talk about uh, go to market. Let's talk about let's, let's talk about business stuff. Uh, let's talk about go to market. How are you going to market? Are you primarily B two B in paralleling with uh, partnerships? How's that working out? And what's working right now in your young age? What's working thus far? Direct go to market B two B SaaS enterprise model, uh, where our main buyer is the head of talent acquisition or the chief people officer uh, in concert often with the head of sales or the CTO or, or another functional leader who's thinking a lot about the quality of their hiring practice, uh, sometimes because they're scaling really fast and thinking about driving consistency and rigor into that practice as they scale, sometimes because they're thinking about solving a specific problem with respect to attrition uh, or you know, performance in the first year. And they're tracking that back to how the team interviews. Well, you talk about scale. You talk about scale real quick. How has COVID impacted prospective uh, customers coming to you because they know they need to scale because they don't have the people they used to and they know they are, they're going to be hiring quickly soon? And the biggest tailwind from COVID has been that in seven or eight months, we never got asked the question, what happens when people go back into the office? The idea that Zoom, that Teams, that phone is going to be you know, the primary way that people interview for the foreseeable future has 
opened up talent acquisition and people leaders' eyes to the opportunity that that creates with respect to bringing technology into that part of the hiring process where it, it wasn't there before. And I don't think that's going to change. And that, that's what our clients are feeling as well. So that's been the biggest driver from a go-to-market perspective. The other is this feeling of the inability to quality control. Like I can't sit in on an interview. I can't you know, walk the floor. I can't you know, quickly debrief in a room together. And so building a, a remote collaboration platform around hiring in the same way that Miro has taken off, in the same way that Figma has taken off, uh, really has resonated with hiring teams very strongly. Yes, the compression of adoption is glorious. And, and hate hate that uh, people have to die and there's a pandemic for God's sakes for us to actually do this. But overall, what's what's this what's this cost? Uh, we price on an enterprise uh, model based on hiring volumes. So if I'm a team that's doing you know two, three, four hundred hires uh, over the course of the year, uh, you're talking about like a low mid figure, uh, low mid five figure uh, contract. Uh, and again, we adjust based on uh, your hiring volumes year to year. You spent uh, what six years at LinkedIn? You said. Yep. Yes. Obviously, working there <laughs> sparked some ideas. You saw what LinkedIn did correctly, did incorrectly. You saw obviously an opening there to start to start bright hire. Talk about exactly what that was, or what was it about your six years at LinkedIn that that's helping you or enabled you to get the idea, the epiphany to to create bright hire. Part of it was working directly with talent acquisition leaders and seeing the hunger for data about their operations and, and how excited they were. When I was at LinkedIn, right, we could bring data to them about who their teams were in-mailing and who they were competing against and where their people were going when they left. And that stuff was gold for those talent acquisition leaders. To be able to say, hey, we can create an entirely new data set around the most important activity that your extended teams do that drives every single one of your outcomes that you have zero visibility into. That seems like a really interesting opportunity to run at. Uh, so that was one, this idea that we could create a completely new data set that would be incredibly valuable to that audience. Oh, there it is, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's done. Teddy's done. Teddy's done. <laughs> Hit him, Joel. Me first, me first, me first. Go, okay. go, go. All right, Teddy. So uh, I I feel like you have a lot in common with with Hone It, and we were we were very big on Hone It, and, and continue to be a champion of their of their service. I'm sure as you guys grow, there'll be some dif- more differentiation and more you know bells and whistles to to divide you from them. But our, my main sort of initial criticism or skepticism was that that the world is moving towards a more automation AI you know environment. So I think, you know, a a big number of companies, when we come out of the pandemic and they have to make decisions on how many recruiters do we bring back and do we even go, you know, to the model that we had before? Can we just automate, you know, the, the interviewing, the pre-screening, the, the scheduling, like, and, and let's, let's agree that a lot of, a lot of companies, a lot of platforms whether they be, you know, ISIMs or Jobvite or smart recruiters, they're all trying to go down that path of, hey, we're going to automate this entire process. But I also do believe that there's going to be a lot of companies that say, you know what, we want, we want a hybrid model. We still want recruiters, but we want to empower our recruiters as much as possible with technology um, to make sort of a, a human technologically advanced decision on who we hire. So for me, like where you guys fit in is, is in that company that still wants to be a little bit human, but still wants to have, you know, humans with the, with the computer chip plugged into their brain. And I think solutions like yours um, can, can probably accommodate 
uh, those needs. I think that you have to continue to build out your integrations, uh, which I think you understand um, is important. I think you need to continue to add bells and whistles. Like maybe there is a an automated scheduling component. Like once they're done with the interview, that they go into a an automated process to to get them on the calendar. Um, and get them, you know, in the office with a face-to-face or, or something around, along those lines. So for me, I think that as companies come out of the pandemic, they make, you know, decisions on how to build their teams. What you guys offer is going to be one of those things that the, a lot of companies choose to do. So for that reason, it's a big applause for me. I think the 3 million seed round uh, as well is really positive. Obviously, I think you you understand more money will be needed uh, to take you guys into the future, but I think that'll be something that is doable. I'm done. Chad, you ready? All right, Teddy. Noise, man. So much noise. So many companies out there are saying they're bringing efficiency, they're bringing structure, they're bringing an unbiased process. Uh, so that's one thing that you are really going to have to cut through, which is obviously what Joel said earlier from a messaging standpoint. You're going to have to find that one message and just beat it like a drum. Uh, but your background, pretty much coming out of the room already with a cert, a, a SHRM certification doesn't hurt for God's sakes. Uh, six years at LinkedIn uh, in the industry, a huge plus. We're already fans of organizations like Vervo, Honit, Zor, ones that are either conversational AI or they're really flush when it comes to standardizing a process. I love the idea of a collaboration platform in this space. Uh, I think for me, that's your sweet spot. And, and overall, I love the pitch. Uh, you do have some some issues that you're going to have to work through. There's no question. But every single startup does. No matter, I'm giving you a big applause. Woo, Teddy. Thank you, gents. How do you feel? I feel fucking fantastic. Can I say that? <laughs> And, and now for my next song, everybody. So one last time, Teddy, uh, if they want to know more about you guys, where do they go? Brighthire.ai. And with that, we out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. Come on, man. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.